Parshas Noach tells us the story of one of the biggest projects embarked on by human beings. And that was the idea of building the Migdal Bottle. It was a project which the entire world population at the time took part in and by the standards of Chazal it was something of unsurpassed size. But we need to understand what was the objective people had in building this tremendous tower. They weren't just trying to make a record height, so to speak. What prompted them, what became the striving force which united, galvanized all of society into creating this enormous edifice? If we look at the Gemara in Sanhedrin and Afkoftes, the Gemara tells us that there were three different factions involved in building the tower. The Gemara there says there were those who said that let's build the tower, Venetia will be able to live on the top. And there were those who said, let's build this tower and that way we'll be able to serve a desire on top. And there were those who said, let's build the tower and then we'll be able to fight with Hashem. Rashi brings a different opinion from a Midrash as Nakhwati in the Gemara. And that is that people were scared after the Mabul that there would be a repeat. And therefore they said, let's build up supports, a tower to support the sky. So there won't be another Mabul. And even though we first heard the story of the Migdal bubble as children and maybe in our minds we think of this tremendous tower which people built which it definitely was but if we think a bit deeper all three explanations of the Gemara really require understanding what was the reason they would build a tower to live on it what they couldn't live on the ground they wanted this panoramic view of the whole bubble. What would they gain by building a tower as a place to live in? And again, for the second group, why would they need to build a tower to serve a Vedazara there? Same question. They couldn't serve a Vedazara where they were on earth. And we can ask even more in the third group. Did they really think that their tower was going to reach Hashem? And they said, we're going to, we're going to fight with Hashem. And according to the explanation that Rashi gives, they thought that their tower would hold up the heavens. How are we meant to understand what these things mean? People weren't stupid. They didn't think that the heavens were something which needed a pillar to hold it up in a physical sense. And we're not just some people, we're talking about the entire world population. And not only that, it seems that this was a significant threat. The Pasuk itself says, Hashem says, let us go down and see what people have created. Because I told you, it won't be denied them what they, what they seriously plotted to achieve, to accomplish. And his explanation. What was so profound, what was so important to, or powerful about what the people who were building the Mingdal bubble were achieving? One last point. 
The Gemara tells us as well, what happened to the Migdal Bobo? The Pasa tells us what happened to the people. That Hashem changed the way they spoke, their languages and scattered them. But what happened to the structure that they built? What happened to the Migdal? And the Gemara says, a third was swallowed by the ground. Shlish Nivla Ba'adama. Shlish Nisraf. A third was burnt. And Shlish Kayim. A third remained standing. And once again, if the Gemara found it important to tell that to us, then there's obviously a significance in the fact that there were three different, so to speak, parts of the Migdal Babu. The part which was sunk into the ground, the part which was burnt, and the part which remained standing. And I'm sure anybody listening can really understand themselves that if there were three different groups contributing to build the Tower of Babel, three different motivations, then Hashem dealt with each one differently. And therefore, there was that motivation which the response from Hashem was to sink in the ground. And there was that motivation which Hashem responded by burning it, sending a fire from Shemaim. And there was that motivation which HaKadosh Baruch Hu allowed to remain standing. And what's left for us to do is to understand how they, these different concepts line up with each other. So let's, let's first understand what was the motivation of mankind to build Migdal Bob. And to do that, we have to put ourselves into the mindset of the people of the time. These were the children of the survivors of the Mabel. These were the people who the knowledge that the whole world had been wiped out by a flood was very real in their minds. And therefore, obviously, what occupied a lot of the people's thoughts was what made the Mabel happen and how are we going to prevent it happening again? And it's clear that we're not talking about people who thought that the marble was some freak storm, and therefore, you know, there's some aberration of nature which could take place a second time. They understood the marble was a punishment. Well, what did people do wrong? So if we look right back to the beginning of mankind, we'll see a number of things people did wrong. We'll see a number of things people did wrong. Firstly, Adam Rishon himself. He ate from the Das. As a result of that, he was kicked out of Ganadin. As a result of that, death was decreed on people. But the world wasn't destroyed. And then we came to Dar Enosh. And they worshipped of Ejazar. And as a result of that, Chazal tell us a third of the world got, got destroyed. But not everybody. The world continued. And then came the Dar Mabel. And now there was absolute destruction. Everything was destroyed. What happened? So as we know from the Mishnah, people then also knew. There are three pillars on which the world rests. And the Mishnah tells us, What keeps spiritually 
the world alive are these three lifelines. They are pillars which are upholding the world. And what do they mean? The morale explains in his Pirish and Perkavis. Torah means the fact that we accept authority from Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu instructs us that the Torah and we accept instruction. We follow orders. We obey. Avoida means that we see everything in this world as a means to be used in serving Hashem. As a vehicle for Kfar Shemayim. The Kavanas were a prime example. Like the Maral explains, because that's physically showing that one's bringing up things from this world to be used in the Vedas Hashem. And lastly, Agmiras Chasadim. Because part of the Tafkir Hashem fashions for a person revolves around the people who he is put into this world with. A person isn't created in isolation, and therefore the surroundings that he's in, the people he comes into contact with, are part of what a person's meant to do in this world. You can say it in a different sense as well, and that is part of a person's job here is to emulate Hashem. And therefore, just like a Kodesh Baruch does Chesed, the way we see Hashem as the creator of the world is as a source of chesed. So a person is meant to emulate Hashem and do chesed too. Those are the three pillars on which the world stands. Adam Arishan, primarily his chait was he disobeyed Hashem. Whatever rationale or reason he might have had. Barakadish Baruch instructed him, don't eat from the tree. And Adam disobeyed that instruction. And therefore, he destroyed the Amr of Torah. Dar Anish came along and they began to serve Avodah Zarah. Instead of utilizing this world to serve Hashem, they looked for other spiritual forces to, show, to serve instead. And therefore, there are, with their Avera, they destroyed the Amr of Avodah. But the world continued to stand because there was still a remaining pillar. And when Daramabal came along and the world became a place of chomos, of corruption, of theft, so that destroyed the last of the Amudim. And then the entire world got destroyed. And therefore, what the lesson that the generations following the Mabul learned is that when there's no Amudim to support the world, then there's complete destruction. And if that's the case, we have to ensure that there's going to be an Amud on which the world can stand. Now, the correct perspective would have been we need three Amudim on which the world stands. Let's work on rebuilding all three. But that's not the maskana. That's not the conclusion that the people following the Mabul came to. They came to the maskana that until the Mabul, the world survived very adequately 
on just the Amad of Gmurus Chasadim. And therefore the Maskana was, we don't need to rebuild all three. It's enough just to rebuild one. If we rebuild one pillar, the pillar of Gmurus Chasadim, then that's good enough to ensure the survival of the world. That was the way the world survived for a thousand years from the time of Enosh until the time of the Mabu. And that was the concept of the Migdal Baba. The physical tower they were building was symbol- symbolic of the Amr the Olam that they were trying to set up. Of the pillar of support which they wanted spiritually that they wanted the world to have. And by involving all of humanity in this mammoth project they felt this was the Igmiras Chasadim. We've united everybody. This is a communal project which encompasses the entire human nation. That's going to ensure that we have the Amud of Gemara's Chasadim. And therefore the Gemara tells us, there was one cat who said, we're building the Tower of Inayshiv Shem. We're going to build this Migdal because that's going to provide for us the ability to live there. It will ensure the survival of the world. The point of building the tower was to establish an Amul of Gemini's Chasadim. And the second card said, we're building this tower and you're going to serve our desire there. Which means, if we have the Amul of Gemini's Chasadim, we don't need the Amul of We can continue serving our desire. We'll be protected by the Amul of Gemini's Chasadim. And the third group said, we're going to build the tower we're going to do battle with Hashem. Which means we don't need the Amr Atayra. We don't have to be obedient. We'll be protected by the fact that we have the Amr Gemiras Chasadim. And therefore, people joined hands and worked together to create a tower which they thought would provide the solution that the Mabel won't repeat itself. We've created an Amr. And then we don't need any further Amudim. That's the background to the understanding behind Migdabal. But now let's look at something fascinating. Let's look at the Torah. How does HaKadosh Baruch Hu respond to people who disregard the Amr Torah, who don't Accept instruction from Hashem. How does the Kaddish Baruch deal with people who disregard the Amud Avaida? So a good case in point we can learn from is a story we have of people who came to fight against the Amud Atayra and the Amud Avaida from within the ranks of the Jewish people. At the time of the insurrection of Korach, Korach's rebellion was primarily focused against Moshe Rabbeinu. When Moshe said everything he got, he received from Hashem. He didn't do anything on his own. And therefore it's all Torah, it's all Hashem wants, what Hashem wants him to do. Korach rebelled against that. He didn't accept that's what Hashem said. And at the same time, there was a second rebellion involving the 250 Rashi Sanhedrin of Ruven 
We didn't accept that Aaron was meant to be the Kohen. They wanted to be the Kohenim. It was a revolt against the void of the way Hashem wanted it to be. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu responded that Kairach and all those who opposed the Moshe, Dasan and Aviram, they got swallowed by the ground. And all those want to be Kohenim who wanted to argue with the fact that Aaron was chosen to the Avodah, a fire came down from Shemaim and burnt them. And therefore we see a principle. The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu punishes those who who stand up against the Torah, who don't accept Hashem's discretion, uh, Hashem's decisions, Hashem's instruction, they get swallowed by the ground. This happened to Adam too. Adam's Avera, we said, was he didn't accept HaKadosh Baruch Hu's instruction. Adam's punishment. Ki offer ato vel offer toshuf. You're going to return to the ground. And we see that those who fight against the avoider, a fire comes down to burn them. Why that's the case? So we just like the morale explains, the fire of the Mizbech, which is the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu accepts our avoider. So when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to is unhappy with the avoider. The fire comes to punish. Like we find by the people of Karach, we find by Nadavavil. And if we understand that, then we understand the second part of the Gemara and it's fascinating. What happened to Migdal Bovel? Says the Gemara. Shlish Nivlebaritz. A third got swallowed by the ground. Shlish Nisraf. A third got burnt in Shlish Aymet. A third is still, is still standing. Why? Because one of the motivations in Migdal Babel is this will enable us to disobey the Torah. To disregard Hashem. That part of the, of the Migdal Babel, that gets swallowed by the ground. And part of the motivation in Migdal Babel is this will allow us to serve our desire. We don't have to serve Hashem. And that part of Migdal Babel got burnt by a fire. And the remaining part was the part which the intention was right. The Migdal Babel provided a platform or the Amalek Mirat Chasadim, that's the Shlish, which is Nishar Kayim. That's a beautiful explanation of the Psukim, but there's still something deeper. But now let's look at something deeper. And that is, if the ancient Dara Paloga were correct, and the world could survive, on one pillar, the pillar of Gurus Chasadim, especially since these were still the generations before Matan Torah. And therefore the Torah hadn't been given, and Akhazal Taras, these are the Dorahs which were relying on that pillar of Chasad. And only that the Pasuk acknowledges that with the Amur of Chasad, they will be able to be successful. So what led to the undoing of the Dara Palag? How did that society fall apart? So here's an important principle for us to understand. And that is that the truth is even the one pillar that they did invest in and they did try to build, the Amr HaChesed, there was a fundamental error in it. They built Achtos. They built cooperation. They didn't build Chesed. Because the big difference between those two terms, cooperation and chesed, is we can launch a universal project. And each person is committed 
to the project. And each person is important for the role they can play in bringing about the realization of the ideal. But as a result, each individual loses his value. It's not about helping a person, it's about using a person. Countries which claim that they there to, so to speak, make all their citizens comrades. It's not there to help the individual. It's there to use everybody to build the dream of the country. But when that happens, the individual loses his value. And that's the opposite of chesed. It's really mass subjugation. It might create actors. It might shape a society where everyone's working together. That's still better than the society before the love. But it's not chesed. And Chazal, in their words, described this. In Tarat, it took months to reach the top of the tower. And if one of the workmen at some stage fell off the scaffolding and he plunged his death, Nobody was too bothered about that. But if you had been carrying a weight of bricks which fell with him, so they'll say, what a pity. It's going to take so long to replace these bricks. Which means, Chazal telling us very graphically, is that as the society of Dara Mabu became so fixated on the goal, they lost the point. There was no longer an interest in the person. There became an interest in using people to achieve the goal. And when that happens, then people can be sacrificed for the goal. The individual isn't important. Chesed is exactly the opposite. Chesed is, the goal is to help the individual. And a person is prepared to sacrifice much more for the benefit of an individual. They say about Ravaran Kotler, when he came to America during the Second World War, and the first thing he did was to try and establish a vat at Salah, a way to save Jews from Europe. And for that end, he was willing to work with non-Jewish clergymen. He was willing to do, work with people whose ideology was very different from his. And when people challenged him on that, how could he work with Roshayim? His answer was, I would be prepared to travel to Italy to meet the Pope if it would save one Jewish child. That's Chesed. Chesed is a focus on helping people not using people. And therefore there was a fundamental flaw even in the pillar that the Dara Aparaga built. The motivation was right. But it wasn't enough to support them because it didn't become chesed. And therefore, what we have, the person who stood against the Dara Aparaga, the Avramo Ivri, who was on the other side and opposed this universal effort of building the Darapalaga, of building the Megdal Babel, Abraham Avinu, from his humble tent, he built the pillar of Chesed which supported the world. Because Abraham's Chesed was focused on helping each Yachid, feeding each traveler, looking after each person. That's Chesed. That's something which can build the pillar of Gwenas Chasadim in the world. Whereas, dramatic, universal projects, which are going to mobilize everybody, they lose their focus on chesed. They become something which is, is built to use everybody, rather than being built to help anybody. 
And that's where the Dara Pelaga went wrong. And the Raya for this. Well, Hashem showed it to them. Because what HaKadosh Baruch Hu did was he changed their languages. They could no longer communicate with each other. And as a result, the project got abandoned. They drifted apart. If the whole point of our interaction is that to cooperate, to work on something, so if we can no longer communicate, and we can't work together anymore, then there's no point for us to work to be together. But if the motivation is to help somebody else, just like I can feed somebody who's hungry if I can't speak his language, I can assist somebody who needs my help if I can't understand him. Had the motivation been chesed, which means uh, the focus on trying to help each other, the lack of common language wouldn't have been an impediment. It was only because the glue which bound them together was the commonality of their purpose, not concern for each other. Then when the, that potential for the, the group achievement became unattainable, then the glue which held them together separated. And we made it. It didn't be, what, they, what the edifice they constructed didn't become an Amud of Chesed either. And as we said, as opposed to that, the humble tent of Avram, who did understand what Chesed is meant to be, that became the Amud on which the world stood. We know the Prophet says, Hibaram is by Avram, Hashem created the world and the merit of Avram. The merit of Avram, the pillar of Chesed which Avram built, which was real Chesed, became one of the pillars which became a foundation on which the world can rest.